Coming to you from the Coachella Valley in Southern California, in association with Anchor.fm, welcome to Is This Your Playlist? On tonight's episode, Down Under Part 2 brings back Kedrick's good friend Stephen Chandler all the way from Australia for more fun facts and witty banter about Australian artists. My name is Joey and this evening's playlist will begin, now. Welcome back to Is This Your Playlist? And I'm here with uh, my friend, good friend Steve from Australia, and we are talking about some of the best and our favorite Australian artists. And uh, we talked about Samantha Jade and Five Seconds of Summer and Human Nature. And now I'm going to turn it over to Steve to see who his next artist or performer is. Steve. Okay, so you probably won't know this next. Yeah, she's still she's younger than me, so I call her young lady. Um, we talked about Australian Idol before. She is the second winner of this uh, of Australian Idol. Um, this is a young lady by the name of Casey Donovan. Now, Casey is a very interesting character. Um, she went on and won Australian Idol at the age of sixteen. For though, and this is not, you know, this is not body shaming or anything like this. Casey was a very large young lady, emo look, like dreadlocks, all this kind of stuff. But when the girl opens her mouth, there is magic that comes out. She is, um, yeah, spectacular. So as I said, she was the first winner. She was the underdog because there's another young man by the name of Anthony Kalia, which I don't know if you've heard of him. No? Okay. Anthony's, Anthony's another interesting character. Um, so we will, we will, I'm sure we can talk about Anthony one day. But um, so she wasn't, yeah, she was the underdog, but she won at 16 years old. Her first single, Listen With Your Heart, um, debuted on 29th of November, 2004, straight in at number one. The girl can sing the house down. Uh, her album followed on the 13th of December and went straight in at number two, certified double platinum. Um, and the single is triple platinum or was, yeah, so far. Now, um, this is where it gets shoddy for poor Casey because like what always happens with these shows, if they sign a 16-year-old, they have no idea what to do with them. And for someone like Casey, who was a 16 year old emo looking girl that liked to smoke and all this kind of stuff and all that kind of thing. She was not necessarily what they wanted, but this is back in the earlier days of reality TV, where I think the public had more say in who won things. So they were kind of stuck with Casey she that she was yeah she had this album ready to go it's actually a really good album she didn't do a covers album straight up um her album for you is all original material um i think she co-wrote on some of it which is huge for 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 a a reality show contestant and b someone who's 16 years old um she released what's going on which is her, her voice is very versatile. She is trained 
classic, like a classically trained singer. Um, What's going on is more like a heavy rock song. And then she did flow, which is more of an adult contemporary poppy kind of thing. But um, she was dropped basically after two years of being on the label there was a whole big section here in Australian music where there was like a cull of, of pop stars that just disappeared. It was that early 2000s era where guitars and, and rock and stuff like, um, yeah, insert American rock band here. <laughs> that, that kind of singer-songwriter rock band thing was going back and that, that was what was cool. So pop was over for again here in Australia. Um, so Casey kind of went back to normal life. She went to working at a doctor's surgery as a receptionist. She was an Uber driver for a while. She's gone back to normal life. Still doing music though. Still doing a lot of music. Um, she released um, independent EP Eye to Eye, which is stunning. And she also went on to do musical theatre, which is a fairly, well, not now, but was fairly prevalent in Australia. She was um, in the cast of The Sapphires, which is which turned out to be a movie. I don't know if you've seen The Sapphires, but it's about it's a true based on a true story about an Aboriginal singing group that was big in um, like toward Vietnam and stuff like this, and it's like based on a true story kind of deal. Um, she then came back and released a, a song called Big, Beautiful and Sexy. So she kind of, this is like 2010, Casey kind of came into herself and she, yeah, went, went hard with the body confidence and was like, yeah, this is me. This is who I am. Um, still doing musical theatre. She did a um, musical based on the Mamas and the Papas. Okay. So she played Mama Cass. Nice. Um, she, yeah, she toured. Um, she toured a, a, a solo show. She was amazing. The girl can, as I said, sing the house down. Um, that's called Flower Children, that show. I don't know if you, I don't know if it would be anywhere. Um, she also then in 2016 took the lo- the uh, role of Killer Queen in We Will Rock You, the musical. Oh, so nice. she's, done, yeah, she's, she got pipes. If you've never heard this girl sing, she got pipes. In this time, she's also released an autobiography in which she explains that during her early career, her early 16-year-old life, she was actually catfished for close to three years by a woman who pretended to be a man. Wow. And led, led this girl on a whole romantic imaginary life and she believed that this guy was a real person. So she was, yeah, she got, she got trolled hardcore and it was a huge story over here because she never spoken about it. And then she's like, you know what? Blah, here it is. Um, it was a big thing. The book's actually fantastic. If you can get your hands on it, um, it's, it's a great book. But Casey's big resurgence was on a little show called I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Great. Now, Casey, um, I've had the pleasure of seeing her a lot. Um, I've met her a few times, had had some great conversations and stuff with her. She's as normal as they come. She still drives the car that she won on Australian Idol. Okay. Like, that's how, like, and she will drive from, well, this is when she was living in Sydney. She'd drive from Sydney to Newcastle and you'd like, you'd be at the venue, like, 
there's Casey's car. I need to see her outside smoking away. Like, that's what she does. Like, Casey's a normal chick and she's lovely. Um, and Australia kind of fell in love with her on a, because we got to see a side of her that we didn't know. If you're not a fan of her, you wouldn't know that she's funny. She's, like, tal- supremely talented. She writes amazing music, beautiful singer. And she actually won. She was the first female winner of I'm a Celebrity to Get Me Out of Here in Australia. Um, she got a marketing campaign out of that for Coles, which is like a, um, a, depart- a grocery store thing. But it was like a huge thing. The song was every ad break, on the ad break. Like, there's Casey again <laughs> appearing. And um, she did the In Memoriam for the Logie Awards, which is like our kind of, I guess you'd call it People's Choice Awards Oscars kind of things. And she sang David Bowie's Hero, which Heroes, which is again breathtaking. Off the back of that, she released another EP called Off the Grid and Somewhere in Between with um, her first single from seven years called Lonely. And if you like voices, if you're a voice kind of person, you need to check her out. She is spectacular. She then jumped into musical theatre again, playing Mama Morton in Chicago, hugely successful production of Chicago with Natalie Bassingsworth from Rogue Traders. I don't know if you guys know who they are, but she's another Neighbours slash pop star. Amazing production. So, so, so good. And her last, her latest thing that she's done is the, she was Australia's or one of Australia's um potential Eurovision songs in 2020 with a song called Proud. Sadly, she didn't make it. The person that did make it is a horrible, horrible, horrible artist, but I'm not going to tell you who that is. You can do do your own research, but oh, um, Casey should have won. But um, Casey kind of keeps herself out there. She was supposed to host her own version or an Australian version of Catfish, but that kind of got killed with COVID-19. <laughs> they, were, they were up to casting. They were up to doing that. Um, she is acting again. She's in a, a TV sitcom here um, called How to Stay Married with some very famous Australian celebrities. So she's gone back to acting. She hosts her own, because she's Aboriginal, she um, hosts a music program called Fusion. And uh, she still does music. She's re- always recording. So she's always doing something. She just very sporadically releases music, which is annoying. But um, she does Blues Day Tuesdays every Tuesday on Facebook Live. She takes requests and just basically sits there and sings. So if you're awake at Australian times, check out Casey on a Blues Day Tuesday. You'll get your song sung. Um, I'm hoping there's something big in the pipelines for her because she deserves it. She is immensely talented. And if you haven't checked out I haven't checked her out. Please do. Her voice is stupendous. Boom. <laughs> well, I have it written on my list. Is it is it C A S E Y Donovan? It is, and also just be careful because there is a, a gay male porn star called Casey Donovan as well. Um, when <laughs> when she wa- was winning Idol, um, there was a bit of a faux pas with Telstra, our our local telecommunications. So every time people went to CaseyDonovan.com it took them to the 70s, the wrong Casey Donovan. And a lot of people were like, considering she was 16 years old. So a lot of kids were looking for CaseyDonovan.com. 
And yeah, <laughs> but either way, you might be happy with both. Oopsie. Um, that's cool. I w- I'm going to check her out. Hey, this is Steve, and you're listening to Is This Your Playlist? This one was probably one of the biggest, and they were very Australian at the beginning with their long mullety hair i mean you know i didn't think about it then but i mean you look back on it now they were very australian when i saw this video called the one thing in 1982 by a little group called inxs now i know it's inxs but it's inxs and i saw the one thing video and loved the song it was 1982 you know mtv was popping and uh you know that video was on quite a bit I still don't understand the cats on the table, whatever. <clears throat> so, and then like, I remember them doing, they were on new wave day, <clears throat> the first day of the us festival, 1983, which I did not get to go. I mean, I was 12, so there was no way that I was going, but I remember the lineup to this day. I could tell you exactly who was there. And I just remembered it because it would have been so amazing to go, but they were, on new wave day and they were like the divinals came on first and then they came on so it's just funny how like i mean the day was okay let me the day was like divinals in excess wall of voodoo oingo boingo english beat stray cats minute work the clash <laughs> what um, I remember them going on tour with Adam Ant in 1982 because I was totally into Adam Ant. And then, like, if you watch the docudrama, they didn't want to do it because they said it was going to be all teenage girls. And it was. And, you know, there's this funny story, I guess, of them stealing Adam Ant's girls in the, ho- in the hotels and stuff. And But then they went on to tour with this. I remember them going on tour with the Stray Cats and the kinks and go-go's and hollow notes and minute work so i mean they were they seemed like a very hard working band and you know they had they had hits i mean original sin was was really the one for me that really just like you know kicked it up and you know nile rogers produced it and remixed it and um, i guess it was their first number one over in on your neck of the woods and um <clears throat> Then Listen Like Thieves came out. I mean, I liked Listen Like Thieves, but I wasn't like, it didn't wow me, Listen Like Thieves, the album. It was kind of like, okay, blah, blah. Then I love their song Good Times that they did for the Lost Boys with Jimmy Barnes, I think. Yeah, Jimmy Barnes and, and NXS Good Times. And then 1987 was their breakout. And, you know, they released the album of all albums and it was called Kick. It was called Kick. And um, need it's you, a monster. <laughs> oh my God. Need you. I mean, it was, a, I'm sure it was a monster there. It was a monster here. Need you tonight came out and it was like, it was such a departure for them, that song, because I mean, it was pretty much straightforward rock up until then. And then, like, I saw the documentary, the docudrama, and like, then I read like that the record company didn't want to release it because it sounded too black and just i remember that mediate video i mean they had to do that in one shot so they had to practice that with the with the cards you know 
um, illuminate, fascinate, blah, blah, blah. I mean, they did, it was one shot. So I can't imagine that they did it more than once because they were throwing those, <laughs> those things all over. And um, they had four number ones here. Um, Need You Tonight, Devil Inside, amazing. New Sensation, amazing. Never Tear Us Apart, amazing. And here's the thing. The album tracks were great. Kick, Calling All Nations, Wildlife, um, Guns in the Sky. I mean, that was a monster album. And I actually got to see them in concert that year, like 1988, <clears throat> in Fresno, California, which is about three, it's about three hours north of Los Angeles. And um, I was 17 and uh, we drove down from Bakersfield, which is uh, halfway there. And uh, they were great. And this group called Public Image Limited opened and they were Johnny, John Lydon, who used to sing for the Sex Pistols, he was in it. That was one of those odd combinations, like really? Hmm. And there was a lot of like moshing and stuff. So literally at one point during PWPIL, I was like, I was lifted up, like and my arms were on my sides and I was just kind of like, I was, I was like, my feet were not carried, so carried into the flow of the crowd. But they, they put on such a great show. And this is when Michael had the really long hair and he just, I mean, he had swag coming out of everywhere. He was just super confident looking at least. Cause you know, then you read things later. Oh, he would, he didn't really like being a front man and blah, blah, blah. This guy was amazing. So, before we were gonna drive back to Bakersfield, there was a hotel, a Holiday Inn across the street from the venue. So I said, well, you know, let's, you know, we have to, let's go to the bathroom, let's go pee, let's hopefully they'll let us in. So we went in and we're standing there and I'm waiting for my friends to come back and it was me and another friend and two, the other two friends were in the bathroom and through the door, I was like, oh, it was Kirk, Gary, Tim, and then Mike came. And the, this, is the, this is the coolest thing about Australian people. And I've always said this. They always get my name right every single time. Like if I say my name to anyone here, they're like, oh, Kendrick. I'm like, no. But they said Kendrick. And so like by the time Mike came in, you know, I was taught, you know, Kirk and Gary and Tim were talking to us. I mean, we were like 17, 18 years old. And they were amazed that I knew who they were. I was like, yeah, you guys, blah, blah, blah. And so Michael comes in and he's like, oh, who are you guys talking to? And I didn't really like Michael as far as that. I mean, Andrew was my, Andrew and John were my favorite. Of course, the two I didn't get to meet that night, but I'm okay with it. And he came in and he was just like, Kendrick, that's a great name. And, and we just talked to them for like 10 or 15 minutes. And then we're like, oh, we have to drive back home. And they're like, well, thanks for coming out. And they were so nice. They were so nice. And I was you know, I was still like, it was early me kind of like being like with that. And I was just like, I didn't get like freaked out or anything, but it was, it was very, very cool to meet them. And then, so continuing on, you know, 1990, they had Suicide Blonde, which is supposedly about Kylie and Disappear. That was a hit. And then they kind of started hitting in England. Um, and, you know, Michael dated Kylie very famously and we think that he taught her things that she didn't know before because she broke up with Jason and she was with Michael and I guess there was issues with that for years um oh well so then you know of course on February 6 1988 
Michael was found dead in his hotel room. Um, and so it was like, well, I guess the band's over. So fast forward to 2004. Until <laughs> 2004, Rockstar in excess. Um, and it's funny, my old roommate from LA, he was dating a guy, a black guy who was actually in the finals. Like, I think he was in the final three. And um, so then, you know, as you know, JD Fortune won. And, and I, I saw them a couple of times in, in the JD era. And he, okay, he sounded enough like Michael to pull off those songs, but he wasn't trying to be Michael. Like, the JD era was JD just being him. And he was singing these songs. He wasn't trying to be like Michael, but he had enough yeah. of the same voice. I feel um, like it's a very, I, I get why it wasn't a hit here because Australia is very, very protective of their music. Like, so to have an American coming out of nowhere and be like, you know, I'm the lead singer now. But it's kind of the same thing that Adam Lambert's done with Queen. He's not trying to be Freddie Mercury. Is being Adam Lambert in Queen, and I, I quite enjoyed the material that I heard of the JD era. Yeah, it was good. I mean, and they and they were working. I mean, and that's the most important thing. I still don't know what happened. I just remember I read that you know he got dismissed by a handshake in Hong Kong, and um, you know I I don't know. I kind of think that. I kind of think that NXS is one of those groups that even though they were the ones who put that together and wanted to do that, like at the end of the day, they were kind of like, mm. and you know, JD was much younger than them. So he probably still had like habits and things that they may or may not have been like done already, but um, it was a good, I'm, I'm glad they got to work. That's for me. I kind of feel like in a group, two things, if the singer, Okay, if the singer passes away, that's one thing, you know. But if the singer doesn't want to do it, I think that, like, bands should go on and get a new singer if they want to. Like the Go-Go's. I mean, here's the thing. Belinda keeps saying she doesn't want to do it. She doesn't want to do it. They do, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, if she doesn't want to do it, then great, get another singer. I mean, that's... that's totally agree. Of, that's kind of looking at it. And I guess Terrence Trent Darby sang for them for a minute in excess. Um, for a well, John Steve John Stevens was, is pretty much linked to them a lot too as a kind of I don't want to say session singer, but when it when they used to tour back in the day, John Stevens was was the was the singer. Do you know what I mean? He's he's the step in before JD and after JD, I believe as well. Okay. Um. So. Um, so my final thing about them is two things. So Need You Tonight has, a, um, excuse me, they have a, it has 196 million streams on Spotify. Crazy. And uh, my favorite, Andrew Ferris, he's always my favorite. And he actually, in March 2021, he put out his debut album, after being inducted into the Aussie Hall of Fame in 2016. Thank you, Andrew Ferris. Love you. I believe he was just in Newcastle. Yeah, I believe was, he just performed. Yeah, he was doing a tour. Like I had the yeah. footage, so like I literally know. like last week, I think. So 
Yeah. Small world. I mean, <laughs> it's funny. It is funny how like kind of like the brains behind the the beat. That's how I look at that. Like he never sang in the group, but he was, you know, he was responsible for the music. Um, so it's interesting to hear his voice. Sort of the same thing. I don't know if you followed him, but like Gary Kemp from Spandau Ballet is releasing a, a, another album after 27 years. Last one was 1995. And Gary Kemp is my favorite. So just to hear him singing, it's like, okay, it's different, but it's not Spandau Ballet. It's just, it's Gary Kemp and he's my favorite and he can do no wrong. If your name is Gary, you can do no wrong with me. Obviously, Gary's and Steve's. <laughs> well, the Steve's can do wrong. I just have a whole bunch of them. So, um, so uh, what, do you, what do you have next, sir? All right. Well, I'll I'll get, I feel like we've been talking for ages, but I'll I'll give you one more. I'll give you one more, and we might have like this might be a multiple part conversation depending on how popular it is. But I'm gonna again take you in the way way back machine. So jump in with me. <laughs> We're going back to 1999, folks. Woo! Um, hold on a second. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. I know it feels Hold like on. yesterday, right? No, no. Before <laughs> you go on, I'm just gonna say this: 1999 is not way back. Okay, <laughs> had you said 81, that would have been way back. 99, I was already an adult. Okay, go. Okay, well, I was ju- <laughs> I was just about to become adult the year after. So, um, as you will know, reality TV reigned supreme back in the day, and this was this was kind of like the apex moment of reality TV. And there was a little show called Pop Stars that started off in New Zealand and brought brought them the the girl band True Bliss. Kind of really took took off here in Australia and then went to the UK to bring you one of your favourite groups. (laughs) And of course... And of course, to um, oh, no way! Yeah, yeah. Hearsay girl. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. Girls Their album's called Hearsay. I was, I was thinking about Girls Aloud. Well, they were pop stars' arrivals, so they, they were pop stars' arrivals. And of course, it went to America, and that's how we discovered Nicole Scherzinger. Who? Nicole Scherzinger from Pussycat Dolls. Okay, okay, stop. Pump your brakes. Okay. It was called Eden's Crush. Yes. And she, they were great. They were great. She was nothing special then. She's nothing special now. Just <sighs> a girl. No, because on the, no, no, no. I watched that show, that pop stars, and she was like, she was like, oh my God. She was like, such a like, wait. She's like, oh my God, all the girls are being mean to me. Well, you made up for it in Pussycat Dolls, didn't you? Because you were a bitch to them anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's a whole conversation in yeah, itself. A whole other thing. <laughs> but here in Australia, it launched a very short lived, like criminally short lived, but amazing group called Bardo. Ah, uh, yeah. B A R D O T. Yes, so I'm named after Brigitte Bardot, obviously. Um, so this was, as I said, the the like the pinnacle of interest in 
in reality TV. And for those, all of it now is available to watch on YouTube. So you can watch the whole season, the whole series, um, series one, series one and two are on YouTube. Hopefully series three doesn't come on because someone was actually on series three. Who? You? <laughs> For one episode. One episode, uh, my, my audition is on, is on and it was used in the first episode and in two of the ad campaigns. I'm like, oh God. Wait. You... Anytime there's a camera around, man. Anytime there's a camera around, I'm like, hey, I'm on it. <laughs> but anyway, so um, the, the show started out like this is bare bones reality tv show so it was in a the audition slip was in a magazine remember magazines i do remember magazine <laughs> so it was in, in a magazine here called um new idea so you rocked up with they expected like what 100 people to show up um over 2500 girls showed up to audition for this show and basically the show pop stars showed them from audition to launch of the single, uh, sorry, formation of the band, launch of the single, first live performance, and then kind of let off, and then a second series followed another band. Um, originally, <laughs> originally, the lineup of the band was um, <laughs> Chantel Barry, Belinda Chapel, Sophie Monk, and Sally Polyrhonus and Katie Underwood. Now, they were midway. There's a lot of drama surrounding Bardo. So if you like drama and gossip, get into Bardo because there's a lot, there's a lot out there. Um, they were, they had recorded their new single. They were recording their album and Chantel was unceremoniously removed from the group. We will say. Yeah, they did go from five to four, didn't they? Well, no, this is, this is before that even happened. They hadn't released anything at the point, at okay. this point. Um, the accusation is that Chantel had actually stolen money because they were all living in the same house. Um, um, she did an interview saying that she was asked, given $1,000 and asked to leave with, no, with um, nothing said. So even before, well, before they had released anything, there was drama in the Bardo camp. And they went back to the final 20 and found one Miss Tiffany Wood to fill out the lineup. Um, from there, Bardo exploded, like exploded, exploded. Um, they went, yeah, as I said, they, they followed every step of the way. So Tiffany basically had to stay behind while everyone was doing fun stuff and do all the re-recording of Chantel's vocals and cover it up. But in the long run, it was worth it because Poison went straight in at number one. I remember now, me. if you haven't heard Poison, even though it was released in 2000, it is still as fresh as the day is young. It's kind of a silky, sexy, R&B, poppy kind of song that, yeah, it's a great track. I, again, I think whoever would have gotten it in the long run probably would have had a hit with it because it's a great song. Um, it went at number one, as I said, selling over 60,000 copies in its first week. Um, platinum status. It's one of the, yeah, platinum status. Um, their album was released and also went into 
number one, which made them the uh, sales record. So they became the first Australian act to, to debut at number one position with both single and debut album. Um, the album is the 20th highest selling album of Australia for 2000. That includes international albums. Now, 2000 was a big year for music. So for them to, for them to stack up is a pretty good thing. Um, they went to the U. Uh, they went to New Zealand and they also got number ones over there with Poison and the album, the self self titled album, and that's where things start to kind of get crazy <sighs> again. Um, now I get, of course, I would be remiss to say that my teenage self, who was obsessed with these girls, like recorded them off the radio with the old <laughs> tape player with the old tape player. Um, my teenage self is a little bit amazed with where I am at the moment. I've spoken to Tiffany a fair amount over the years because we grew up in the same town. She's from where I'm from. Um, she went to the dance studio that I teach at. Um, I followed her solo career. Um, but I am actually... <laughs> the podcast that I host now has Katie Underwood as one of our um, family members. So I speak to Katie quite regularly. I've spoken to Belinda. I've spoken to Sally. Uh, my little, my little gay heart would be dying. If I told myself in 1999, 2000, that you would be like fairly regularly just having random chats with the Bardo girls, I would be like, whatever. But um, yeah, <laughs> so Katie got, we had an interview. Um, I don't know if you want to link it, if people are interested. We sat down with Katie and discussed the whole thing. It was nearly over an hour, but she drops drops the drops a lot of information. So they were in the UK doing promo and recording their second album. So they released three singles and they're over in the UK recording their second album. And their new manager, so they dropped their old management at the end of the at the end of the first album cycle because that was part of the contract. They felt that they didn't really have a plan for them, which they kind of didn't. So they got new management and new management <laughs> and Katie says it, they were all sitting in the back of a van driving around the UK, turns to Katie and said, I've got an offer for you to audition for an arena production of hair. I think you should do it. And she's like, how is that going to work? We're recording our second album. We're here going for it. Da, 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 da. It's like, oh, don't worry about it. You probably won't get through anyway, but I think you should do it. It'd be interesting. Okay, no worries. So Katie, Katie does the audition and doesn't hear anything. And then he's randomly at home one day and gets a phone call. Hi, we're just wondering if you got the, um, got the script packages and the CDs that we've sent you. She's like, hold up, wait, sorry, watch. She goes, oh, you've been cast. Congratulations, blah, blah, blah management hadn't told her that she actually been cast. So she went in um, in for an, you know, on phone interview with the actual, you know, production team behind it. Bardo, I think, I think Katie said they were earning $600 a week at the time. They were number one in Australia, in New Zealand, touring the world. They were huge in Singapore. Um, they were getting $600 a week for their trouble. <laughs> and Katie said they, they got the finance department on. They said, tell Katie how much she'd be earning. Minimum $2,000 a show per show. This was going to be an arena spectacular that toured the whole country. 
Um, Harry Ed Miller's a very, was, sorry, rest in peace, Harry, a very famous like music entrepreneur over here. And it was going to have John C- John Stevens in it, the former lead singer of In Excess. <laughs> it, was, it was a fairly big thing and a huge thing for a reality TV star to be offered. So Katie made the difficult decision to leave Bardo in the middle of them recording their second album. So Katie's gone at this point. The four girls, Tiffany, Sally, Sophie, and Belinda, decided to continue. And their second album, which is called Play It Like That, is a difference of night and day from the Bardo self-titled album to Play It Like That. Play It Like That took them into that 2000s slick, sexy production. Like the girls are all all have very interesting and unique voices. Um, the brief, apparently, this comes from Katie as well. They wanted to hear everyone's voice on the first album. This second album, they wanted to hear the voices that sounded the best. So that caused a lot of drama within the group. But they commercially and professionally were going off. Their live shows were amazing. Harmonies, dance moves for days. Um, the singles from that album. So you've got ASAP, which was the first single. I need somebody and love will find a way. Um, they were, yeah, they were going great guns. They toured with human nature as a, like a dual headlining saw. Um, they had done a huge pop festival here. Well, there was only ever two of them, sadly, but called Rumba where um, they kind of blew the lid off the place. And they were, I, I truly believe they were probably on the verge of making that international step because they were slick, they were polished, they were ready. And then <laughs> after they released this second album, there was a divide in the camp. Um, Sophie, Sophie Monk, who you may know, um, she kind of made a bit of a name for herself as an actress, we will say, um, in the US and <laughs> more famous for who she dated, but um, wanted to leave and Sally wanted out as well. So it left... Sally and Sophie wanting out, Tiffany and Belinda wanting to stay on. They Tiffany and Belinda like, can we continue as Bardo? No, the, the group was effectively killed. Um, how this happened is quite interesting because apparently Belinda found Sophie's demos while they were recording group material. Um, so the intention was obviously always to make Sophie a solo star. Um, ironically, she was probably the one with the weakest voice, um, but was. she was the she yeah she was the pretty pretty blonde girl, and I think that's what they thought was going to make it happen. Um, so they recorded a farewell concert on Channel V, which is kind of like MTV over there. And if you want to watch, it's kind of like the steps <laughs> the steps end of the road thing. If you want to watch a a bloody impressive um, exercise in professionalism. You watch that that end of the, that that farewell concert because it is literally heartbreaking. You can tell. You can tell. Like Tiffany, Tiffany ends up in tears on the floor at the end of it when they sing their last song. Um, Belinda was just. She says that she was in shock for the whole thing, which I would believe because one day they had they were international pop stars, and the next day they had no jobs. So from there, um, 
four of the girls really solo material. Katie came back and did really well with dance music. Tiffany did some pop rock stuff. Um, Sophie recorded her solo album and then never did music again. Um, cut to, cut to last year, 2020, which is the 20th anniversary of Bardo. Now this material had never been released digitally. So you couldn't get the Bardo albums on a streaming platform. And then out of nowhere, their first two albums pop up on digital. I was like, oh, amazing. Rumors, 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 rumors going on. Reunion, new art, blah, 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 blah. Sophie obviously wants nothing to do with the group. Um, <laughs> Sally um, originally opted out. So she apparently in the 10 year anniversary went to them with a business plan for a reunion. They started to talk about it. It all fell off because of Sophie. They did start to go down that road in the 20th anniversary and Sally has quite a young family at the moment. So she pulled back again, but we did get some amazing um, acoustic acapellas from Katie, Tiffany and Belinda. They've done um, a, voice, a version of Poison. They've done a version of These Days and Working Class Man, a Jimmy Barnes song, <laughs> which is amazing. Um, there, there, there's, there was talk, but um, Tiffany actually has five children. Five, yeah, I think five, five or six children. Um, her youngest is still a toddler. So I think that there's nothing going to be happening for a little while. For the 25th anniversary, it may be a different story. Um, but there is still stuff going on behind the scenes. Um, their first concert has never been available digitally. All of this stuff is finding its way to YouTube, stuff that we've never seen before. Um, they released a vinyl version of their greatest hit. They've never had a greatest hits, but a vinyl version of their greatest hits was released here, went off. So both of their albums have just been released or are being released on vinyl now, as well as a remix package with um, a song that was never heard. And it's a B-side, which I thought I was crazy because I remember them recording it. I'm like, I've never heard this song. And then I played it, I went, oh, there it is. So Bardo is 21 years later. It's their 21st birthday this year. <laughs> They're actually still making an impact in the music industry. They're charting on iTunes, which is really fun to watch for a group that kind of never really had longevity, but they have an effect. They were mentioned at the Arias last year. So um, if you like girl groups and pop music, I would highly suggest checking out Bardo. Also check out the solo material. Um, Katie and Tiffany's probably the standout stuff. Um, Belinda released a couple of things, but not a lot. But yeah, if you if you like girl groups, um, yeah, they've got some great stuff. Well, as you were as you were talking to me, I was of course on my Spotify, and I'm sure that you know about this, but just in case you don't, this just came out. Yes, the greatest hits. Yes, <laughs> I can't. I can never see if I did it right. You and, got it. And then that would be the remix. Stuff. Yeah, B sides and remixes. Yeah. So I'm gonna. I always love going for a greatest hits because that's kind of that's a good starting point on on a group like that. Hey, this is Brent from Probe Seven, and you're listening to Is This Your Playlist? 
this is what I'm saying. It might be have to, it might have to be a multi-part conversation if if it goes to, well. <laughs> I mean, we might have to we might have to do another one like with just neighbors and homeowners. <laughs> exactly. Because they're all on this list right here. And yeah. I mean all of them from Kylie till um, all of them. I guess I can do like I guess this could be my honorable mentions. So the ones we didn't get to talk about all, there's 10 of them from Neighbors, Kylie, Natalie and Brulia, Holly Valance, who I love, Delta Goodrum, <laughs> who, I mean, I know Delta's bigger than sliced bread over there, but I, I, I just try to listen uh, to music and some of it's good and some of it is not. You would be surprised at the attitude towards Delta over here. <laughs> um, Jason Donovan, who I love forever, and then Craig McLaughlin, who I know from Greece, Debbie Gibson. And then the twins, Gail and Jillian, who did all mixed up for Sockake and Waterman. Now, here's the part that I was surprised about. There were three of them on this list of the 10, the 10 best neighbors, people who had song careers who I've never heard of. <sighs> Stefan, Stefan Dennis. Yes. Bruce Samazon. Yes. <laughs> and Stephanie McIntosh. Stephanie McIntosh is... Um... Do a little, do a little bit of research into Steph because she is famous oh, for who her half brother is. Okay, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I yeah, I have to know who they are, and then of course, you know, um, we could have talked about Danny and Bee Gees and Minute Work, and there was a one hit wonder named Carol Hitchcock. She did Get Ready for Stockick and Waterman. She was bald. <clears throat> she was Australian, and then. One that, like, I mentioned this name to somebody, and this is probably going to be the last one. Um, so I got a, I got a now that's what they call music compilation Ooh, yes. in the UK, <laughs> and uh, this song was called "Absolutely Everybody." Vanessa Amorosi, who was actually on my list. <laughs> oh my god, that song is just like I love it. I mean, it was that two thousand. It was 2000. That that was a monster hit. Yeah. And I don't know anything about her other than that song, but I mean, that song is just one of my... Again, if you like voices, if you like, um, I guess you'd call her Blue-Eyed Soul slash Rock, so that that Joss Stone, Jojo, Nick Acosta kind of real raspy, like, she's just released a new EP, actually, like this year. Um, she's got all, it says it's gospel, but I don't, I don't think it's gospel, it's soul, but her voice is stunning. Nice. Stunning. Yeah. So what I'm going to put forth is, Steve, I'm going to tell everyone who's listening right now, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, write in, give us a review of this episode and whether we should do another one, which is probably going to be all neighbors and home away people, that will that'll that'll send us that'll give us another two hours. Um, and <laughs> we'll talk, so much to talk and about. you and I will talk about it. Um, but um, until then, I just want to thank you for taking your time to come and do this with me. I. It's almost 11 o'clock here and I work this morning. So I'm probably going to bed right after I get off here. You probably um, should. <laughs> thank you so much for doing this. And, and um, I mean, 
I think we I think we should do another one, but we'll talk about it and of course. what the feedback is. And if well, yeah, and just uh, you know, you can find us on <clears throat> Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher. Um, spot, did I say Spotify already? Oh, you Spotify. did. So, so any place that good podcasts are found. Thank you. We're, <laughs> we're there. And um, I love you very much. And uh, I appreciate you coming to do this. And My uh, pleasure. And um, and there were no glitches. And we just talked. Just talk. It's like, hold on. Let me, see, let me look at my clock here. It says, <laughs> you well, I have two hours and nine minutes on here but i know it was running a little bit before you got on a little um, bit yeah but uh yeah this might be i mean i might have to split this in two just because i know <laughs> right? but, i mean because there's so much good stuff like i can't imagine like what we would edit out because it was all good stuff oh look there's a lot i've got a i've got a long list that doesn't even have neighbors people on it so goodness yeah, as, we as you said if you want to hear more let us know yeah and and the email to to write us here is I-T-Y-P, like, is this your playlist? I-T-Y-P 2020 at Gmail. And um, we appreciate all your comments. And I'm going to sign off because I'm tired and my voice is scratchy <laughs> and I'm sleepy. And, um, yeah. So, um, Steve, thank you so much. Good night. Bye. Thank you and good night. Thank you for tuning in tonight to Is This Your Playlist? If you are tuning in for the first time and like what you've heard, please like and subscribe. We can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and many more. Find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. A big thank you to Stephen Chandler for filling in tonight. Please join Kedrick and Rissa next time for more fun facts and witty banter. My name is Joey. Thank you, and good night.